In today's gospel lesson, Jesus entered Jerusalem for the last time to celebrate the Passover festival. Here, Jesus' words about seeds planted in the ground turn the disaster of his death into the promise of a harvest in which everyone will be gathered. This reading is from the book of John, chapter 12. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida to Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who, lose, who, those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. It's the word of the Lord. Good morning. I'm excited to be here with you all today. I'm excited to be serving here at Upper Dublin for my field education at seminary. And I'm excited to be here to preach the first time. So to start out, I have a few questions for you. Have you ever been asked to do something you didn't want to do? Have you ever had to stop doing something to do something else? Have you ever had to make a choice between what you wanted to do and what you needed to do? We've all been there. We've all been given advice we don't want to take. We've all been asked to do things we don't want to do. We've all had to make hard choices and question our decisions in life. The text today is not an easy one to preach on. It is difficult and challenging because the word Jesus speaks may have made sense at the time and in that context, but over the years, the context and understanding and translations of the Bible have changed, such that the meaning can be lost so easily. It is these texts that can give the Bible a bad name. It can cause us to wrestle with the meaning of the Bible the meaning of Jesus' teachings, and how they apply to our lives. Yet it is these challenging texts that yield the most fruit, if we are brave enough to engage them. This makes them all the more important to talk about because they are not straightforward. Now at the seminary, where most of us living in community are preparing to be pastors, we talk about three things. Class, church, and food. 
class because we're complaining about how much reading, it's about 400 pages a week, discussing what the professors are saying and working on our assignments together, food because we're always hungry, and what better way to build community than around a meal, and church because most of us are serving in congregations now and will be for the rest of our lives. When I found out I was preaching this text, I would turn to my classmates in excitement, saying, I get to preach. And then I turned to them in angst, saying, it's not an easy text to preach on. And they asked me naturally, well, what, you know, what are you preaching on? And I summed it up saying, if you love your life, you'll lose it, and if you hate it, you'll keep it. And before I even finished my sentence, they said, ooh, that is a hard one. Good luck. So here I am faced with the task of deciding between what is easy and what is hard, what is challenging and what is safe. I could have overlooked the complexities of this story, but I chose to tackle them together with you. So here we go. Let me reread a bit of the text from John 12, verse 25. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. When we look at this passage, we have the tendency to look only as how it applies to our lives. I would also argue that after hearing this passage, you may have gotten defensive, thinking, I like my life. What is the Bible saying? But we first need to think about how this passage relates to Jesus. Up to this point, Jesus has been preaching and teaching, all the time preparing and predicting his own death. Under each of his stories has been a message of his coming death and resurrection. We saw the allusion to it in the temple. We saw it when we were commanded to take up the cross and follow Jesus. And we saw it in phrases such as, the Son of Man will be lifted up. But in order for Jesus to be lifted up, he first had to lay down his life. Let us think about death as a metaphor for letting go. And no, I won't start singing Let It Go from Frozen as much as I want to. But what can we learn from Elsa about how much better we can feel when we let things go? What in our lives do we need to let go of in order that we may lay down our lives to follow Jesus? What do we need to choose between to listen to what God is calling us to do? In this text we have today, Jesus is calling us to share our lives with others. He is saying that if you love your life so much and you hold on to it for yourself, you are the only one who benefits. But when you share your life with others, you join the family of God. Jesus is calling us to join him and follow his lead and rejecting the idea of living on our own and keeping our lives to ourselves, away from one another. He is calling us to live in community, to love our neighbors, and to share together hope and love. He is calling us to build a society and a world where we care for one another and share in the joys and the sorrows instead of keeping to ourselves and being independent from one another. Jesus shared his life and teachings out in the streets where he could build community with those who were happy and sad, those suffering from disease, disabilities, and death. He shared with people struggling to find hope in this world. He shared with those near and far 
anyone willing to listen who was looking for something bigger in this life. If you love your life and you keep it to yourself, if you fail to live in community with one another, you will lose out. But if you hate this isolated existence of our society, lay down your life and follow Jesus. As we read last week in John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall never die but have eternal life. Jesus was sent here to earth to experience and gain understanding about the lives of the people, our joys, our sorrows, our gifts, and our talents. Jesus was sent here to bring hope of a better life, a life without suffering and oppression. In sending Jesus to earth, God said, I see your pain, and I want to understand it. He says, I see your struggles, and I want to help. And I want to be there with you. We believe in an active and ever-present God within our lives. A God who sends his son to earth to suffer alongside us. A God who doesn't ask for his suffering to be taken away because it would defeat his purpose of being here on earth. We believe in a God who came down to walk right beside us, to share with us and to help us to command us to follow him into the next. We do not worship a God who sits above binge-watching as if we were the next greatest sitcom. We worship a God who is among us in our times, in our joys, and our sorrows, our happiness and our anger, our pain and our suffering, and who shows us the light in the darkness. During the season of Lent, we have spent a lot of time talking about death, about life, and about how we all fit together in this circle of life. Elton John wrote a great song about this a few years ago that debuted in a movie you may have seen. You may know the song that goes a little something like this. It's the circle of life, and it moves us all through despair and hope, grace and love, till we find our way on the path unwinding. It's the circle, the circle of life. Now, if you didn't just start singing the tune in your head, it might be time to break out the old VHS tape and watch The Lion King. This song is packed with great theology and imagery of what our life consists of. We have death and new birth. We have despair and hope, grace and love. The path is not straight or consistent by any means, but it unwinds before us on each step of the journey with each decision we make. We can't see where it ends, but we will see where it leads. Jesus references this idea of the circle of life and his message about the grain of wheat. Now I did some research, and one grain of wheat really doesn't get you anything. To make one loaf of bread, it takes about one pound of wheat. And if my math is correct... One pound of wheat is 7,000 grains. So what good does one grain of wheat do? Not much. But it is good for one thing, and that is for having seeds, to plant in the ground to produce more wheat. Once this grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it becomes seeds that produce a whole ton of wheat 
that can be used in so many different ways. It's the circle of life and death. We are born into a world of hurt and despair, a world where kids are shot while going to school, a world where people of color feel threatened walking down the street, a world where immigrants and refugees are told you are not welcome here, a world where women have to fight for the right to their own body, a world where children in poverty slave for a better life, a world where differences result in war and a world full of oppression and injustice. We are born into this circle of life, longing for hope and love in the midst of this despair. We are born into a world where it is hard to see the suffering in our communities right in front of us. We live in a world where we are asking why and how every time we turn on the news. We live in a world where we need to turn to one another and share, to talk through what is going on, and to bring hope to each other. We are stronger together than we are apart. We all live together in a circle of life that moves us all through despair and hope, faith and love, until we find our way, lay down our lives, and follow Jesus. As we enter the season of spring, we are suddenly reminded of the beauty that can arise from death. The grass turns green, the flowers bloom, the trees come back to life, the sun shines brighter, and the days get longer. It's a wonderful time of year. But in order to have the beauty of spring, we first watch these plants change colors and die in the fall. We then live in a time of cold and darkness with a little too much snow in the winter, only to be reborn again when the birds start chirping and the first Easter lilies begin to bloom. Jesus knows that this time is quickly approaching and that his death, which we remember in Holy Week, is upon us. He knows that there will be darkness and sorrow, but he knows that the excitement that will come when he rises from the dead three days later. Just as the grain of wheat dies to produce a field, Jesus will die and rise again for the forgiveness and love of his people. Jesus laid down his life to plant seeds that would grow into the church and the community of believers. When we lay down our lives and share in what we have, we sow seeds of renewal and rebirth, hope and change within our world. In this last week of Lent, as we prepare for the beginning of Holy Week, let us remember that God is right here with us. He knows that the life we live is hard, but he loves us still the same. We are called as we are. We are called as we are able. Let us make the decision to hear God's call and lay down our lives. Let us follow Jesus to the cross and commit to seeing the full circle with death and new life. Amen. <laughs>